you know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Drunk or Delirious. We're your hosts, Hannah and Emily. Hey everyone, we're so excited for our episode this week. We have another special guest, um, fellow NICU nurse, but she's a badass NICU transport nurse. Um, her name is Tia, and she's also um, a blossoming Instagram influencer. And we're so <laughs> excited to have her on the pod today. Yay! Welcome to the show, Tia. <laughs> so happy to be here, you guys. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun. Um, yes. Yeah, so oh fun. my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and she also has her master in nursing education um way more education than Hannah and I have so (laughs) (laughs) yes we definitely want to hear all about that I know that's so cool um yeah welcome um just we want to tell us a little bit about yourself like Uh, whatever your little where you're from (laughs) your background whatever you want to share sure um so I didn't have like a straight path into the NICU. Um, like I wasn't able to start as a new grad. I um, graduated with my BSN in 2013 and the NICU that was around me didn't take new grads. So I had to get my feet wet in the adult world for two years, which I know oh like makes everyone cringe when they hear that. <laughs> um, I had initially... Um, uh, interviewed for a new grad position in the adult ICU because I was like, well, at least I'll get some intensive care experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in my interview, they were like, well, we just filled that position, but we have this really great opening on this med surge telemetry floor. And like, part of me was like, this, that just sounds absolutely horrible. But as a new grad, I was so scared of like really not great. having a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really trying great. to sell and it. I- <laughs> And I had to sign a two-year contract as well, which if there's any students or new grads listening right now, like that's like the, the biggest red flag if you can avoid it to just av- avoid two-year contracts in your, yeah. in your nursing job. But um, after two years, I met my husband on eHarmony. Um, Cute. And you guys also um, met your significant others on dating apps, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> So that was fun. Um, And he stole me away to upstate New York, where I currently work in a level four NICU. I've been there for, gosh, almost seven years now. Um, And then I've spent the past two and a half years roughly as a neonatal transport nurse. Oh my god! Oh my gosh, so cool. doing it. That's like what I wanted to do was do transport when I started in the NICU. Um, and here I am no longer in the NICU, <laughs> no longer doing intensive care, but, um, I still think it's so freaking cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. One of my best friends, um, Tana was, uh, a, a NICU transport nurse also. So that's, yeah. yeah it's I always so like really looked awesome. up to the transport nurses. I was like, Ooh. Oh, totally. Like, like NICU nurses are badass, but the transport nurses are like the Extra. Best. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I didn't even know like it 
I hadn't even thought that it was like an option when I joined the NICU even essentially. And then um, I found out we had a transport team and I met some of the transport nurses and I was like, I want to be you someday. <laughs> and you did and it. That's, that's so, so cool. cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Oh my God. Um, and do you guys just do, do specifically neonatal? Yes. Okay. Because we like the first hospital I started at was only a NICU transport team. And then the other ones I've worked at, it's kind of like a zero to 18. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh, so scary. I won't be doing that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we have a separate um, PICU transport team. Cool. Okay. Um, and they're, they run a little differently. Like they're like their own unit. Um, so when they come in, they're solely a transport nurse. But when I come in, I'm in the numbers. So I will have like one super easy baby and then um, that I just give up if I have to go anywhere. So we do Got run it. a little bit differently, but yes, yeah, I'm only, only babies. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Which I leads us like- to our icebreaker. Oh, sorry, Em. Oh yeah, go no, no, I was just going to talk more. <laughs> I, I don't say, even which know. Which leads us to our icebreaker. Um, so we usually do like a little, would you rather? So we figured we'll do like transport edition. So would you rather have to go pick up like um, a 23 and zero weaker from an outside hospital, like a little level two or something that's not equipped, you know, to oh, handle gosh. that. They're not used to that. Or um, I guess it could be at an outside hospital or at your hospital, but, or like a, Macon- a com- my gosh, I can't talk today. A meconium aspiration or something like that that was going to end up on a cooling like, blanket like post dates huge yeah yeah um cord times uh, two yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go with like the mech aspirate hie pphn like the big babies um okay. that's, wow. that's um also what i prefer to take a care of in like the unit like i love the micros don't get me wrong but those like post-date babies on like high frequency or mm-hmm. like those are my faves so Wow. Oh my gosh. Good for Isn't you. Isn't that what Val said too? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's Everybody so has their preference. <laughs> so interesting to me. I guess I'd be different. Like I'd be curious to know what my answer would be like after being a transport nurse, like what, which one I'd want to transport, but oh, yeah, none of them. I don't know. Both sound terrible. Yeah. I think I love taking care of micros on the unit, but I'm, I take care of them stabilized. Yeah. But I guess- as the transport nurse, are you the one putting in lines and things like that? I know it's different from facility to facility. Yeah, that's actually like the best part of being a transport nurse is getting to do all of those procedures. So um, as a transport nurse, I can um, intubate, I can place UV um, and UA lines, I can um, needle, um, aspirate um, for pneumos, I can um, do art sticks. so like that's that's like the fun part. Yeah, you're like I Not- get to be an NP without having to go to NP school. <laughs> Literally, so. get paid like what? I mean. Not NP salary. <laughs> For also that, yeah. At the hospital I was at in Pittsburgh, it was like an extra fifty cents an hour. I was like, wow, that's really generous. <laughs> oh no, I could for that. No. Yeah, hopefully it's a little better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my, oh God. my gosh, I think. When the hospital I was at in Connecticut, I want to say like both charge and transport didn't get any extra differential, but their transport was like, they went along with, um, like an NP. It wasn't like just them, but still you're still having to go on transport. Like you shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, It's a big responsibility. 
Yeah, our team um, is made up of myself and then a respiratory therapist partner. And mm-hmm. then if we're going for like a micro or um, a, a kid with a defect or that is like a really sick PPHN or something like that, then the fellow will come along with us. But I would say for the most part, it's probably just me and my RT. Okay. And you said the unit that you're on is a level four. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Very cool. Dang, that's awesome. And then how long were you um, like NICU before you did transport? Uh, probably about like four and a half years, somewhere okay. around there. And then did a job position open up or did someone come up to you and say like, hey, you'd be really good at this? Or like, how did that even happen? Yeah, they um, – so they'll send out every year. Um, they do some recruiting and they'll send out like applications and then you can interview for the job. Um, and I didn't think that I was ready initially. I don't know if even now, if some, if my assistant manager hadn't like told me that I was and like pushed me towards it, if I would be like feeling completely ready. Um, but she really like um, helped me with my confidence and was like, no, like you, you want to do this. You can handle this. You have the experience. So like, just go for it. Like the yeah. worst thing that happens is like, you don't get it this year and then you like try again later. So yeah. Um, it's a, she's really the reason that I that I even tried for it in the first place. That's oh my awesome. gosh. Were you like I mean, of course, like really nervous at first. I feel like I would have like <laughs> imposter syndrome too. Like me? Like there's no way I could be I know, I'm like ready oh, for that. I don't know anything. <laughs> so <laughs> oh my gosh. Um I actually so I like teach classes to our new orientees and one of our classes is um revolves around imposter syndrome and that's an example that I like to use every time I'm like the very first time I got into an ambulance with an RT alone after I got off orientation I was like someone someone is literally letting me do this right now like who am I I need a babysitter (laughs) yeah where is my babysitter (laughs) oh my god it is scary because it's like you are kind of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other day. Um, so I find myself being kind of like a resource for the other nurses on the floor. Like if there's like a hard IV stick or um, something like that, um, they always come mm-hmm. to get like the transport nurse that's on. Um, and I was doing this IV on a micro for the, uh, one of my colleagues. And um, it was the eighth time this baby had been poked and I, I was able to get it. And she had asked me um, how long I had been working there um, when I finally felt confident in my IV placing skills. And I was like, well, probably when I joined transport, because once I started going out, it was just me. I was like, I have to get this. Like, there's no yeah. one else here. So yeah. <laughs> at that point, it was like, you you just do it and then you get better at it. Yeah. yeah. And you're doing them so frequently. I feel like, like uh, as a bedside nurse, you're not necessarily doing an IV like every shift, let alone every week. So it's not as frequent the practice that you get. Right. It just depends too. Like most places that I've worked, you, the bedside nurse is the one that's at least trying for an IV on the first stick or whatever, unless it's like known that it's the baby's already picked apart, then you might be like, okay, go get the transport nurse or whatever. But the last place I worked was at CHOP and their bedside nurses don't get their IVs. You have to be like specifically IV trained. So so I haven't done an IV in months. So I feel like, yeah, it's just interesting how different places do it. (laughs) 
That is super interesting. Huh. Yeah. And when, at what point did you go back to school for nursing education? Um, so I just graduated and it, it was a three-year degree. So I, okay. it was probably like uh, three, four years in I decided to go back. Um, I wasn't sure that I was really ready to go back to school at that point, but um, my school that is associated with my hospital had just received like this huge grant that made the program like free for any of the nurses that work there oh, that wanted to do it. Yeah. And I'm really into education, um, especially with our new orientees. And I always thought that um, someday I would really love to be like a clinical educator on my unit. Um, so I was like, I mean, I gotta go now. Like if it's free, like it would be silly to like not if I mm-hmm. plan to do this in the future already. So that was a done deal. Oh my gosh. That's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Grad school's expensive as yeah. hell. Oh my God. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like you have such a passion. I can just tell like for education just by hearing you talk about it. Like that seems like the perfect fit for you. Yeah. And you also seem really approachable. So I feel like if I were a new grad, I would feel comfortable coming to talk to you, which I feel like is so necessary for a nurse mm-hmm. educator. Um, but I mean, for the most part, like the ones that I've come across have been that way, but I feel like every once in a while it's someone that you're like, you're nervous to go and talk to and like, you don't feel, or you feel like they're going to make you feel stupid. And I feel like when it comes to new grads, um, they need as much like patience and love Mm -hmm. as possible because it's not easy to start, especially in the NICU. Yeah. Especially in the NICU it is. For sure. Even coming in with, um, with experience. I mean, like it was adult experience, but it was like nursing experience, even it was so intimidating. And I do recall um, my own nurse educator when I was orienting had like pulled me into the office one day and she was like, you don't talk enough and it's like scary. And you, you're probably, you might not make it on the unit because you're like too quiet. And I was like, too shy or (laughs) yeah. Like, I I guess I just like feel like I do have like a big personality, but like not every person deserves to see it all the time if they haven't earned it, you know, like I'm just yep. not the kind of person that's immediately like super talkative to new people. Yeah. Like, I don't like know that well. So um, that was like a concern of hers. And I was like, what? The-? <laughs> okay, that's so silly. Noted. <laughs> Interesting. Change your personality. Yeah, literally, literally. You're a great nurse, though. Like, I get the, the like, okay, maybe you don't ask enough questions kind of thing where, like, that gets scary with new grads. But, like, if you don't talk like it, or, like, aren't, like, trying to chit-chat, like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the same way, too. I mean, I've definitely blossomed and come into my personality, like, a lot more after travel nursing because I think you kind of have to be mm-hmm. um, adaptable and have a certain personality for it. But when I started as a new grad, I talked to people, but I felt like the same way that you did. Like I felt like I didn't know them and I was also feeling insecure because I was new and I was young in comparison to everybody else that was working there. So I kind of felt like I was 22. I was like fresh out of college, like I couldn't really relate to a lot of the people who were like 
well, my age now, but like late 20s, early 30s and stuff. And they would talk about their marriages and their kids and stuff. And I was just like, I'm just, it was imposter syndrome. It was like, it's another instance of it, but I just was like, I don't fit in here. And I felt like I didn't have a lot to contribute to the conversation. And I was like very focused on learning because there was, it was overwhelming. There was so much to learn. So I was the same way. I, I feel like for six months, I just like, not, I was like, everyone thought I was just like shy and sweet. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's nice, but I feel like there's <laughs> a lot more to me than that. <laughs> I think that like, I feel like I have generally the same experience as well. Like people, I don't know. It still takes me a little bit to like really like get out of my shell with some people. Just it depends on the person, but like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they think I'm like more reserved than I am when I'm like, oh no, you'll see me like twerking on the dance floor, like, <laughs> like no. Um, on but, the, yeah, and yeah. Time. So a three year program. Okay, so obviously, like part time. Yeah. You did it part time. Um. Okay. God, I'm gonna start grad school in the fall, and I'm just like. Tell me everything about <laughs> how it works, how it works. I think it's just like overwhelming, but um, you, did you work full-time? I did. I worked full-time and each term I would take one class and that was like enough. I felt like, yeah. um, I know there are, um, some of my coworkers are in the same program, um, or they just started and they're like, I want to finish this as soon as possible. I'm going to take like as many classes as they'll let me. And I was like, I hope you don't plan on working full time at the same time like that. It was so hard. Yeah. I don't, I like, I'm struggling with it because I'm like, I do want to get it done as quickly as possible, but I can't, I cannot work right. <laughs> or can't only Gotta be work. able to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, half time. So it might end up having to be like, I don't know. And I'm getting married next summer too. So I was like, oh, I'm probably going to take the summer off so I don't have to take a class um, while I'm getting ready for my wedding. But yeah. Not have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. And then now, what's your work schedule typically like? So when you go into work, are you always on transport? And then you're also teaching classes. So how does that, how does your schedule usually look? Um. So when we schedule ourselves, um, there's like a juggling period where they can move us around after we submit our schedules. But for the most part, we um, tell them what we want to work and we schedule our own transport shifts. So um, I should know pretty well ahead of time when I'm going to be transport. Um, and then there are shifts where I could be um, like transport backup. Um, and then rarely I'll just be like a regular nurse. Um, but yeah, I still do three twelves a week. I work um, night shift. Um, so I'm very familiar with the drunkard delirious feeling. <laughs> um, um, and I wear a few other hats on my unit too. Um, I also work in the charge role. And then um, we have a specific delivery room team of nurses that are just trained to do delivery room um, as opposed to just having all of the nurses trained. So I'm also on the delivery room team. So it's very rarely that I come in and I'm just like a regular nurse that like goes in and takes an assignment. Usually I have some sort of role assigned to me. Mm -hmm. um, but at least for transport, I know ahead of time um, when I have to put the uniform on to come in. Yeah. Dang. That's awesome. How big is the unit that you're in? So our 
the unit describes itself as 68 beds, but we have a lot of like twin rooms. So technically um, we can hold up to like 80 babies, um, which isn't to say that we haven't, we haven't done more. I think probably a lot of units, uh, hospitals do this, but um, sometimes we'll just like steal rooms from OB or the picky or something like that to house our infants on if we are over capacity, but um, technically it's 68 beds. <laughs> Dang, that's a really big unit like up in that area of New York. I don't know. Is I'm just a children's thinking, hospital. Like, that seems like large. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not. It's a children's hospital that's attached to um, a medical center. So um, I work strictly in the children's tower, but it all mm-hmm. falls under the umbrella of this medical center. Um, okay. But we are we are the regional um, NICU level four NICU. Yeah. So um, I think that's why we're so big. And I think that's why we see a lot of, um, variety too. Yeah. So we get basically everything. Wow. Cool. Um, do you have any like crazy transport stories? Oh, (laughs) I I mean, yes, (laughs) (laughs) of course. Um, with the, in the amount of information that I, I'm allowed to talk about. Um, yeah. um, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> so I have um, what is commonly known as the black cloud. Oh, God, um, no. <laughs> so it's really not, um, it's not, um, what do I want to say? Oh, my gosh, I've lo- lost the word. Um, it wouldn't be strange, I'll say that, for me to go out like more than once a night or um, on a transport that's several hours long. Um, I think the longest transport that I have ever gone on is like six hours. Um, but there was one transport where I went out at like four in the morning um, and I, I went to a hospital that was about 45 minutes away. We went to pick up a baby that was supposed to be like like an RDS, like just needed to be intubated and brought back. Um, but um, after intubating, um, we couldn't keep the SATs up without having the FiO2 like on full blast. Um, so clearly there was more going on. Um, and I ended up being there until like eight in the morning and I had to call for another team and just be like, I, you have to send someone else. Like I have to go home. I, at this point, I've been here for like over four hours I've been working for 12 hours and I'm like and uh yeah not even safe anymore no um so they had to send out another team to like take over for us and I felt like that was just like an awful feeling like you know Mm -hmm. having to leave a baby there knowing that you came to do a job and like you couldn't complete it um so that was probably one of the one of the like longer more taxing transports I'd ever been on when you consider that there's all this documentation and like stuff that you have to do afterwards I didn't get home until like 1 p.m that (gasps) day so and when did the baby actually get back to your hospital probably around like noon like right when I was like leaving the hospital basically so you would have been there for 24 hours probably oh (laughs) if you stayed with the baby easily I mean I'm sure at some point someone would have been someone would have called and like said that someone was coming if I hadn't called myself but I was like this needs to get going right now no end in sight um my gosh yeah oh my god so does your documentation have to be in within like 24 hours or is that 
Uh, yeah, it has to, as soon as possible, honestly. Um, I, I, try, I try to do the, the note and all of the documentation like as soon as I get back to the hospital because at that point, everything's still fresh and it's so easy to forget like mm-hmm. everything that you've done in the meantime yeah. and all of the details and all of that. So, uh, yeah, especially yeah. if you're giving like a lot of boluses or something like, I don't, it's, especially in the situations that you're in, it's like adrenaline's flowing. I just, yeah, I feel like it would be kind of hard to stay organized or, I mean, I'm sure you have like a writer too. Hope, like, yeah. Hope writing stuff down. But. Um, Hi, if- Charlie. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Rude as hell. <laughs> it's okay. We can edit this out. Hold on one second, you guys. <laughs> Hi, you're back. I'm back. I don't know what he's working at. I don't know. I feel bad. He's been inside all day. I feel really bad. Oh, sorry, buddy. I'm about to leave again. So, <laughs> oh, baby. Anyways, what were we saying? I don't even remember what we were talking about. Oh, like the shift. And like documenting and everything before yeah. you leave, but yeah, that sounds yeah. that sounds really tough <laughs> and exhausting. Yeah, that's a lot. Those like um, four AM transport calls. You're like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love going out on transport. I love being a transport nurse. Um, but as soon as it hits like three AM, I'm like, oh, please do not let that phone ring. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that sounds terrible. And do you guys do like both do you do flight and ambulance or just um, we just do ground. Okay. Yeah, so just ambulance. Cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I know I um, my what the team I worked with at my first job, um, they it was like a flight transport team for the most part and they had their like cool little flight suit. I was like, Oh my god, you look so cute. Like I love that. Not the only reason why I wanted to do it, but it was like, oh, that's a you look good. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure our pick you team can do flight. I'm like, how do I? How do we get in on that? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks really, really cool. Um, what they were able to do, it was like wild to me. But maybe one day it'll evolve into that. Yeah. that. <laughs> um and tia also her instagram account is i really love it um i love all of your reels and everything but i really loved that post that you just did for pride month um yeah i was just wondering if you could talk about some of those um things that you put on there like um ways that nurses can create a safe space for our patients and other coworkers who are in the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, yeah. Cause I thought you had some really, really good points and ideas if you don't mind yeah. talking about that a little bit too. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, sorry. I thought my AirPods disconnected for a second. <laughs> oh, you're good. We can still hear you. Okay, good. Um, I just, just going to open up to that post. Um, yes. So I, try to operate under like the idea that everyone is trying to do their best um, to understand their patients um, and provide them with respect and the care that they deserve. So that's who I make these posts for. Um, These posts aren't for people who are, who are just like, don't 
um, have an open mind or want to learn about these things. Um, but I feel like we're seeing now more than ever um, an increase in a population um, of especially um, transgender patients, um, parents, um, and um, people who are um, going by uh, non-binary. Um, we're seeing a lot of this population in the NICU. And I feel like there's some confusion and there's a lot of like hesitancy. People are really scared that they're going to mess up basically um, and ruin the relationship that they create with these parents. Um, so I was just throwing out a few tips um, that can help people feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, so like um, basically familiarizing yourself with the community's vocabulary. Um, if you can utilize this vocabulary um, when you're speaking to them, it proves that you are knowledgeable in the way that you've done your own education and they really appreciate that. Um, on that same note, like making sure that you're using inclusive language. Um, a lot of us um, just like to refer to our parents as like, hi mom or hi dad or, or um, however you wanna greet them because it's like really simple, right? Mm -hmm. um, but an easy way to like avoid that mistake is um, to just call them by their names. I mean, for the most mm -hmm. part after your admission is done, it should all be in the chart. You should know what the parents' names are, right? Yeah. Um, so a simple way to avoid that is to just refer to them by their names, um, referring to someone as a parent as opposed to a, as like a new parent, as opposed to like a new mom, um, things mm -hmm. like that. And then we have the population who um, have very specific inclusive terms that they prefer, such as um, we had one couple who preferred the term chest feeding as opposed to breastfeeding. Um, specific things like that, they usually make that very well known. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, things like that. Um, and then, of course, just respecting a person's pronouns. If you go in um, without any knowledge and you totally mess up and you call them by the wrong pronoun, 99% um, of the time, no one's going to be angry at you. Um, they're going to correct you. Um, and the most important part is to just say, I, I apologize for that mistake. Um, and then go forward and just be better about using their preferences. Mm -hmm. um, the only time that it gets really frustrating is when people make numerous mistakes and then it feels like they're just not trying. Yeah, um, totally. And like on that note, if you do make a mistake, just to simply apologize and then move on, um, you don't need to make a huge defensive speech about it. Um, right. They don't, they, they already know they don't want to hear it. <laughs> Um, so just apologize and then just move on and just be better. Um, and I think the, one of the most important, um, one of the most important things that we can do is, um, speak up when we hear or witness harmful or discriminatory behavior, um, in the NICU. Um, I mean, outside the NICU would be preferable, but if we're just talking about specifically working in the NICU, like, um, you can be trying to be the best that you can for your patients, but we all know that parents hear more than we think that they do. Mm -hmm. And if for some reason you're caught in a group of people who are talking about how uncomfortable they are or um, how much they dislike something, um, 
that has to do with that patient, um, your credibility is just automatically demolished. Um, not to mention your um, coworkers hear everything that you say, and not everyone presents um, how they either identify like their sexuality or um, necessarily their gender. And so I feel like I run into this a lot because I identify as a queer person. And um, I wouldn't say that necessarily everyone in my NICU knows that. So I feel like people feel way too comfortable coming up to me and just like making small talk about like um, other people's actions or um, what they um, presume a person's sexuality to be based on how that person like talks or acts. And I'm just like, like you would never go up to a person that you knew was in part of the community and say stuff like that. So it's just like, why would you do it to why would you assume? Um, so like things like that, just ways that we can like be a little bit better. Yeah. Wow. I think that is so great. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those tips. Um, my sister is transgender and that she came out about a little over 10 years ago and I can just see such a huge shift in the past 10 years with how, with just what, what we know and how we talk, but there's so much room to grow. And, you know, we, I think a lot of people who have people who are trans and queer, however, you know, they identify in their own lives. It's, um, they tend to be a little bit more careful, but a lot of people still don't know anybody who's gay Mm -hmm. or trans, which is crazy to me because I feel like now, like we, at this point, well, I'm sure they know someone who is, but they don't know that they Right. I don't realize. <laughs> um, but for me, the biggest thing to get used to was like changing the pronouns, you know, mm-hmm. but it's practice. And for me, it's like she, her sister, you know, and that's like one, it's really not that hard, but you just have to practice, you know, and it's the same thing. Like you were saying, like in your everyday life, you shouldn't treat people differently. Like it should be, I love the, um, suggestion you had about saying um, a new parent rather than mm-hmm. a new mom or a new dad because then if you're saying that for everyone then it's going to be automatic rather than like oh I have to be careful in this room because they I know that their pronouns are they them so I need to be careful then you're going to be more apt to mess up but if you just start making those small changes in your life every in single general, day yeah. yeah to be respectful to try to be respectful at everybody and like you said like we all make mistakes. I still do, you know, we all do, but I think, yeah, I think that's a really great place to start. Yeah. And that is, it is a good point too, that we are seeing an uptick, um, in the NICU specifically too, of people of all genders and, um, yeah, that's just, I mean, and I feel like we have a lot of older nurses as well, that I think it's that point where like, they probably know someone who, is is gay but like that's the only thing that they understand (laughs) i don't like understand that there is a whole spectrum a whole community of different people um and i feel like i've had yeah there's always an interesting experience there when you're getting report from someone that just has no knowledge and you're like oh my god God." but i feel like there are a lot of older nicu nurses that it's a it's a that is a a problem (laughs) Yeah. yeah. 
I do feel like there are a lot of people um, in the in older generations who have a lot to like unlearn and then relearn. Mm-hmm. I uh, it's funny because most of the time, you know, they don't like mean anything by like the things that they say, but like it can still come off as like really hurtful to mm-hmm. to someone else. So like I'm right. as long as they're willing to like learn, I'm happy to help them. Um, but yeah, it's it is really actually um, unfortunate that um, around like inclusive terms and things like that, we're seeing that it's becoming such a hot button issue um, in the um, obstetrical um, and gynecological um, area because there is a group of people who believe that you're taking something away from women when you're creating these new terms. Um, so yeah. that, that's been difficult as well to educate in that sense, because there is a lot of pushback in that area. Um, but to, to people who are questioning that, I, I would just, I would just say, um, don't think of it as, as taking away from anyone. Think of it as, as giving to someone else. I mean, you're still, we're not taking anything from women just because for us, a selective group of people, they choose to go by different terms. Um, and we should never feel like we're, we're mm-hmm. that women are less than because another group is getting the recognition or the, the comfort that they so deserve from their healthcare providers. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I remember, I think it was even a couple of years ago at this point, but one of the tampon boxes took off the, I don't know, was it like the female sign or something on their box? And people were up in arms. Uh, yeah. And I'm laughing because I'm like, you, I guarantee you ever, you never even noticed that before. And now you're just, you're making it a big deal and you're making it a point to be mad. Just, just to be mad because I don't know, people just like rally yeah. around, around these things. And I don't know. It's, it's just so, it's so strange to me. Like, why would you care? Like, that's you're, not even affecting you. No, you know? not in one single bit. And yeah, you're like, I wouldn't have ever even, one, noticed that was on there. One, noticed it was off. Like, doesn't really matter to me. But there, yeah. People that. Yeah, not offended. <laughs> just like to get mad about everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was crazy. a little shocking going, coming from like the West Coast, where overall, I think, People are a little bit more progressive um, and spending like three years there traveling and then coming back to Pittsburgh, which um, is a little bit mixed, but tends to be, um, I'm trying to just think of like respectful words. I just think, you know, like Philly's very, Philly's more progressive, like Pittsburgh kind of, it's like, a, I don't know, it's just a mixed bunch, but it felt different to me. Like it, and it was a little bit shocking just how mm-hmm. like far behind or like still judgmental. Um, and I just think, yeah, there's a lot of education that needs to be had, I mean, around the country and around the world, but, <laughs> yeah. but it is interesting to like, to see the differences from, from place to place. Mm-hmm. Sure. And even coming from myself as someone who identifies as queer, um, just because I'm in the community doesn't mean I'm perfect. I, I'm still making mistakes and learning things every single day. Um, my sister um, identifies as a non-binary lesbian. Um, my other sister identifies as asexual, and I have a brother-in-law who is um, transgender. So I wow. actually have a wealth of resources. Yeah, very kind and have 
and have helped to teach me a lot, but I am also learning, um, doing the education on my own. So um, I, I also make mistakes and make attempts to, to be better. Um, but that isn't to ignore the fact that there is still, um, there is still some of the stuff that goes on in the community towards other members of the community that's that's unacceptable, like um, transphobia and bi erasure and ace phobia and things like that. Yeah. So um, that's not to say that everyone in the community is perfect either. So mm-hmm. we all have we all have room to grow. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to some friends recently who they're both gay, and they were asking me a lot of questions about transgender people. Um, and I'm definitely not um, like I don't know everything, but I guess I know some things. But yeah, but it was interesting to me because I guess I think a lot of people just think of the community as being like one group who they all support each other, and you know. But yeah, it, it is very broad, um, and that doesn't mean that they necessarily know the correct ways of talking about somebody. Diff- you know like a gay person may not know the correct way to, to refer to a person who's transgender. And they had a lot of questions about pronouns and things like that. So, um, but I I thought it was cute because like, I, I, like you said, like, I don't mind answering questions as long as it's respectful. Um, It's okay to be curious, I think. Um, But yeah, definitely. I think it's on you though, to, to be able to like do the research and stuff too. I, I mean, some questions are appropriate, but it's also not, that person's problem to educate you at the same time for sure yeah wow (laughs) that's a lot Um, that was great it's such an important important thing to talk about too especially um in pride month but always especially because it's pride month which is like uh, the best I love just celebrating all of my friends (laughs) I know I'm really hoping I can go out for pride in New York City this summer. Oh my gosh. So, like in a few weeks, I guess. But yeah. That will be really fun. Um, that would be so exciting. Oh, yeah. Come on gosh. down. I know you're in New York. I mean, that's far away, but <laughs> <laughs> that would be so- I love. I've heard that I've never gone to San Diego Pride, which is like actually wild to me because I grew up in San Diego, but mm-hmm. like I feel like you don't do, I don't know, the cool fun things when you actually like grew up somewhere. <laughs> But totally. I heard it's amazing, and I like feel like I miss it every year. Like I'm going this weekend, and I'm pretty sure it's oh, it's in July. Just kidding, it's in July. But or I like go somewhere, and I would be missing Denver Pride. But I'm actually going to be around for Denver Pride this year, which oh fun, can't wait. That's so fun, and I love I was, it. I love going and supporting everyone, and the parades are always great. But yeah, all the good energy. All it's the best energy, honestly. So, need to keep up year round. <laughs> For real. Well, thank you so much, Tia. You're a great guest. Where can everybody find you on Instagram or anything you want to share? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm on TikTok and I'm on Instagram. Um, they're both under the same username, so it's just at that nurse Tia. Um, I post uh pretty regularly on TikTok. Um. But I am always on my Instagram stories and I love to chat. So definitely come say hi. Awesome. Yes, Yay. go follow her. Um, yeah, like Hannah said. And we we like just watch all your reels and think they're lovely. Um, yes. And it's been so wonderful to have you on. Yes, thank you so it much. It's been so great to finally meet you. Um, I've been like following the podcast and I'm like listening to um, like – 
everything that's been going on for the past few weeks that you've posted, like um, getting all of your stuff stolen out of your car and like... (laughs) Oh my gosh. And like Thank hearing you so that much for in Germany. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, yay. <laughs> oh. Thanks so much for listening. Oh. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And thank you so much. And it's great to have you on. And you can, you're welcome back anytime. Yeah. 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 You're like a, wealth a wealth of knowledge. Of, I literally was going to yeah. say, you're a wealth of knowledge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to like chat with you more about nurse education because I've like thought about, going back to school, but I've just been like really unsure about what my yeah. path is and stuff. But I feel like I also like feel similar to, similarly to you. Like I love, I love new grads and I love teaching and I love like clinical and um, like all those fun things. So I don't know. It could be, could be in yeah. my future, but I'm just not sure. But oh we'll have to chat about it more. We'll chat. Thank you. It'd cool. be great. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, love it. All right. Love it. Well, right, tune in next week for another episode. Yes. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.